Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you're listening to us or watching our podcast, we appreciate you. Today, we got a special guest. Patty Carter is on the show. Patty is a senior director of education and officials for the National Reining Horse Association. And she's a 2005 Professional Horsewoman of the Year for the American Quarter Horse Association. That's incredible. Patty, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, I am so honored to be on the show. I love what you're doing and the message you're sending. And uh, I'm a big podcast uh, listener. They they are so inspirational for me. And uh, so I'm all I'm all about the podcast. And it, it's a lot of work. And it's a it's a um, passion. And it's a great way to give back to the to the industry. So you're always a giver. You've you were you know you've supported the AQHA Crisis Fund and um, just love love what you're doing. Kudos. Oh, thank thanks for saying that. My goodness, um, we we That's just have true. a great team with, from Steve on. You know, with him producing the show and uh, that helps so much. You know, but man, what an honor! I'm so glad you're on. I'm so glad our audience gets to hear you and see you you know, and hear some stories, uh, uh, just horse stories in general and, and get some inspiration from uh, your life and everything you're doing. Um, yes. So let's talk about you. That's that's so much more important than me, for sure. <laughs> um, so, so tell me, when you were growing up, were you surrounded with horses or did you get into horses later in life? No, I have been, horses is in my blood. Um, my parents, they carved a living out of the horse industry. My dad worked in a factory um, during the day and was a uh, manager of a factory. And then at night he'd ride breakout thoroughbreds. And my mom, she, you know, her first horse, she rode, of course, she had work horses um, that they used on the farm, but she would ride them. And her first horse that she bought, she thought you taught it tricks. So she taught it how to rear up and, and um, all this, you know, crazy stuff. And then she went to a horse show and realized, well, you shouldn't, you know, be teaching them how to rear up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have been, you know, really blessed with um, my parents. We've always made our living in the quarter horse industry. And um, they trained. My mom actually was the very first AQHA world champion in 74 in the trail. Wow. Um, I think I've got ribbons from my dad from 56. From their open shows, I've got them in a shadow box. Um, they are just, you know, my mom's no longer with me, but uh, with us, but um, my parents have always had a passion for horses. And um, I grew up with that, that passion, not really knowing any other, any other lifestyle. Um, you know, my brother, he would take me fishing, uh, motorcycle riding, play chess, read books. I mean, he tried to, you know, expose me to as many different things, but you know, the horses was, was how I, I grew up and, uh, horses and art. That's, that's what I've done my whole life. I love that so much. So I love the generational piece too. And, yes. and, and what would they think, you know, from the ribbons and first shows, you know, with your parents to you becoming a professional horsewoman of the year? You know, yes. that's such an incredible journey. And there's so many people that just want to be in the industry. And here yeah. you are at the, the elite portion of the industry. 
Yeah, but it's, you know, it truly, it truly is a journey. And I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's why I get so much out of the podcast, because I want to know how other, other people's journey was. And hopefully my journey inspires uh, somebody else because the, uh, you know, there's so many ways to make a living in the horse industry. And um, if you've got a passion for the horses and you just got to kind of find your niche and, you know, you look at, at Tim Kamara, he makes his living drawing trail courses and teaching people all over the world. He's an industry, um, you know, changer. And, and I think back on, you know, I trained, um, judged horse shows, trained, um, coached all over the world. And it's, um, it's amazing the people that you meet because of horses and the places you go and the stories, everybody's got a story and, uh, it's, it's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's an incredible industry. And there's so many people that want to get in the industry and some aren't generational like you and I, and some are want just to be a part of it. And that, that's what I love though. It's such a vast industry. There's so many opportunities for entrepreneurs. You can create your niche and get in the industry and, and just, that's the best. What do you think is the best way for somebody to break into the industry? Well, I think that you've got to, um, you know, I think it's always good to apprentice with somebody. If you think you're going to, you know, you want to be a trainer, um, to apprentice, go ride. It's just such a hard way to make a living, but, um, you, you get to be with horses. And if you have that passion, then it doesn't seem that it's not that hard. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's, um, you know, I was a, a great employee, um, coming in because I was self-employed until I went to the American Quarter Horse Association in, um, 2011. And, uh, I mean, you work from can to can't, and that's just, that just, that's your, you've got, you end up, you learn how to have grit and focus and stamina and, you know, the judging teaches you focus and every little thing that has happened to me in my life has led me to where I'm, I am today. And you, and you, um, you know, this morning I was out walking my dogs and I was thinking about, you know, my mom was such an amazing horsewoman and, you know, even at eight in her eighties, there would be a lineup of people driving in their driveway to take lessons from her. And she could teach any horse and rider. It didn't matter how uh, little cadence and rhythm that they had or how untalented the rider was. She could teach them how to change leads. And um, I think of that, those things that she taught me about shoulders and rib cages and, um, you know, those things that are with me today. And, um, you know, I had my one time I called her, I used to call, talk to her every morning and my dog was sore. And she said, well, have you checked his foot? Does he have a stone in it? I was like, duh, that's what you do, <laughs> do with the horse. I mean, she was, you know, just, that. just, in, just incredible. And, and they had, you know, AQHA, uh, I don't know, 14 or 15 AQHA champions, um, two Supreme champions. Um, and, uh, so uh, all those things, those tidbits you learn. And, and I remember my daughter when she was four years old, going up to a uh, client's horse and going, I think your curb chain's too tight. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it, so it's, awesome. it, you know, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, I think, so cool. you know, go, going back to the question is, 
you know, breaking into the industry, you've got to just expose yourself to it any way that you can. And, um, you know, there's all different kinds of ways. And, and of course I'm a, I'm a Christian and, um, I know that God has given us all talents and you've got to find out what those talents are. And, and, um, you know, your talents seem really easy and like they're, I'm a, I'm a judge's stewards girl. And, um, that's the gift that God has given me to serve. And, and so, um, you just gotta, you need to be open to those, those opportunities in the direction that, that he's sending you. Man, I love that so much. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, that, that probably what you said a little bit earlier should be the title of the show from can to can, you know, that's, right. that's, that's absolutely our industry and the yes. Western industry and also entrepreneurs, you know, if you're in business yeah. for yourself, that, that has to be your motto, um, because it is tough. And, you know, there's a lot of people that want to be in our industry that might not want to train a horse or ride a horse, but like you said earlier, they can sketch or they can draw or take pictures and, Yes. And involved in the the broadcasting or, you know, RFD TV or writing for TV shows. I mean, there's so many, um, so many opportunities to, to serve in the the industry and to be around horses and horse people that are the very best. I don't care what kind of horses that you have. Horse people are the best. I've never met a bad kid that's been involved in the horse industry. And um, it's just it's, it's amazing to, to watch it evolve. Yeah. I, I love it so much. So, so tell us, do you remember your first show that you went to where you were actually um, showing your first horse? Absolutely. Well, tell Absolutely. us about it. What so, was it like? Okay. So my horse was, his name was Johnny Yuma. Johnny he Yuma. was Johnny Yuma. I love that name. And uh, he was my sister's horse. And um, he, um, I think I won the horsemanship and I won, uh, um, leg wraps, leg wraps, Velcro leg wraps for oh, first wow. place in the horsemanship. And, uh, yeah, so he was, yeah, he was a really, really cool horse and open horse. And, and, uh, yeah. So I, you know, uh, being a horse trainer's, um, kid, you learned how to make the best out of the horses that you had to ride because, you know, you didn't have the, your parents didn't have the wherewithal to, um, I never did without anything, uh, but, you know, I know it was always a stretch to try to, they, my parents did the very best that they could. And you, you know, you get a horse and, and uh, my dad would get sail horses in and I'd ride them and then, you know, go show them. And yeah, it was just, you know, you learned so much about training horses and how a horse's mind and body works by, I mean, I got along with the most difficult horses because that was my that's what I had to do growing up is you, you know, you, you took the best that your, your folks could come up with and you made it, you made it as good as you could. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I think it makes us better horse people for sure. Um, oh, working with different kinds of horses, but also it gives the horse another opportunity. Yes. And, and, you know, I always had the philosophy, you tried to find what the best, um, what the best skill your horse had. And just because, you do the hunter under saddle, maybe it wants to be a driving horse or, um, you know, I spent five years doing hunters. That's all I focused on was, was the hunters. And I made those hunters drive and do different things. So they were versatile, but a horse will always tell you if they're doing something that they're physically capable of, of doing. 
And uh, one of my favorite things to do is look at horses. And it doesn't matter if it's in a pasture, um, at a sale, um, when I'm judging, I just love looking at confirmation and how a horse works the, the, the way it does and, um, you know, how they function form to function in their skeletal structure. And I'm kind of, I'm nerdy like that. Um, went to a, a great, uh, workshop last weekend at the Cowboy Museum with Bobby Ingersoll. He was inducted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame and he had a workshop on the Vaquero horsemanship. And, oh my gosh, it was so great. And my mom was an avid reader. And so we grew up, um, I, you know, I'm from Ontario, Canada, but we grew up with a West coast training philosophy. And, you know, you, you started with a snaffle and, and you, you know, went to Hackmore and, and, um, you know, there was that, that progression of, of developing a horse and developing a horse's mouth. And, that's what my mom studied and what she um, imposed on me. So, um, you know, it's it's just, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I love it, man. They're magical creatures to me. Majestic. You know, yes. I, I love watching every part and how it's supported by four hooves and, and what they do for us. You know, they put food on our table and are just for yes. enjoyment, you know, and uh, I, I love it. So, yes. so let's talk a little bit. We don't have very much. Oh, it's going so fast. Um, yes. Let's talk a little bit more. So how did you get involved with training? How Did you just naturally progress into training horses? Um, you know, I, I did. I fell in love with, when I was nine years old, I fell in love with a horse called Little, Little Dolly Joe, and she did not have her right lead. And so that was my deal is I had to teach Little Dolly Joe her right lead. And, you know, in Ontario, we didn't have um, a um, indoor arena you know, and so it was riding up and down the road in the wintertime, you, you know, carved a path in the snow banks. Um, we would take 18 horses to a horse show in, in March. And it was just crazy trying to, oh, so cold. It was so oh, cold. Man, that, you're full of grit. That's all I know. I have grit. I have grit. <laughs> I do. And um, yeah, so anyways, I fell in love with her and, and I just, that's, that's just one thing led to another. And, and of course, being a kid, a kid of, of horse trainers that, um, you know, there was always something to ride. And, and I just kind of, um, you know, and back in that time, uh, people owned horses and they'd watch them show, they weren't involved at, like they are now, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, so there was a lot of horses to show and, um, I just, it, I was going to go to art school. Actually, I wanted to uh, go to the Toronto um, School of Art, and I wanted to design album covers. <laughs> that oh, was really man. artsy. That's a good fact, right? There. I know. I know. That was my gig, right? And I always knew I'd be involved in the horses. And then the Archezis came to our farm um, looking for horses, and they had not owned horses. They were brand new in the industry, didn't own a horse. And they bought their first horse from... Um, my family and wanted somebody to come over to kind of show them the ropes. And my dad said, Oh, she'll go. So I was 19 years old, went to Italy, didn't speak the language. They didn't speak very good English. Um, and it just, that was it. Uh, sucked me right in and it's no looking back, but my art, my art has really, um, circled back around because when I was at AQHA, I would draw a lot of patterns and, you know, to me, pattern development is so important. I learned that from Tim Kamura 
and the the balance of a pattern in an arena and you always want to challenge um, people to become better horsemen through the patterns that you draw and then drawing at the different levels so my my arc has really you know it circled back around and has served me well and in you know everything that you do in life kind of every experience you have good or bad um, builds you to the, builds you to the next, ex, uh, next experience in your journey. Man, that's so cool. And I love how it circled back for you. Yeah. It, you know, it's good. It's great. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Patty Carter. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, Visit us online at CowboyEntrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Now, welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Today's guest is Patty Carter, and man, it's such an amazing time. She's a Senior Director of Education and officiating for the National Reigning Horse Association. We're going to talk about the uh, Reigning Association here shortly, but we've talked a little bit about um, training horses and growing up in the industry and and, uh, coaching. Um, So how did you get into judging? Well, you know, my dad is a very accomplished judge. He's 80 this year. He still judges. He monitors horse shows. Um, He's a card, I call a card-carrying citizen. And, um, I was mm, in my late twenties and I thought, you know, maybe that's the next progression for me to the next thing for me to do, to be, you know, I I know when you become a judge, you become a better showman because you've got a different perspective. And I'm always a student of the game and want to be always making things better. So, um, I did not tell my dad I wanted to be a judge because he was this, you know, accomplished horseman and, and on the AQHA judges committee. And, you know, um, I wanted to make sure I wanted to judge horse shows because of me, not because of trying to please my dad. 
So anyways, when I came to that point, I, I shared with him that, that, um, you know, that I wanted to do it. And I said, do you think I should, you know, try for a different card? He said, no, just go for your quarter horse card. So I, um, you know, studied and I had judged some open shows and, and that's the route that I went. Um, and then my next card, I think my next card that I got was my, actually my reigning horse card. And, um, by the end of it, I had, um, I was a card carrying citizen <laughs> I had my APHA card, um, NSBA, NRHA, uh, NRCHA it was a double A judge there. Um, I judged Appaloosa's, um, was, you know, fortunate enough to judge the Congress several times, all the world shows of, across all the breeds, the Appaloosa's, the Palominos, the Paints, the Quarter Horses, uh, judged two World Equestrian Games. I did quite a lot. I'm still actually maybe, I'm on the top 100 list for the number of shows judged for NRHA still. How awesome is that? Yes, and, you know, became a director um, for um, AQHA. And, um, of course, when I went to work for AQHA, I had to give up all my judging cards. Um, but I'm circling back around now that I'm at uh, NRHA, and I've got uh, Gary Carpenter is like, the best boss ever. And um, I'm you know, going to go back and get my cow horse card and I'm on the APHA judges list again. Wow. So I, I, and I love judging. I mean, I love it. I love, love, love it. I love judging. And of course I've been able to make my living doing it from a different capacity, from an education side of things. But, you know, I want to go back and, and judge again, because I think it's so important to be able to sit in the chair make those decisions, have those, you know, you know, making those decisions and go, ah, you know, I wish I would have done this or that, or it makes you so much better at what you do. And I want to make sure that I stay connected to what judges go through and that thought process and how hard they work uh, to stay educated. So it's, and it's something I love to do and I know I'm good at it. So, um, why not get back into the field now that Heck I have that yeah. opportunity? You know, and that's awesome. You do that, you know, and, and it does help. It makes everybody better, but yeah. it's a tough spot to be in for sure, because it's either the, the families that are helping the kids go to an event or it's the professionals making their living, yes. you know, so there's a lot of pressure in that chair. Yes. It, it you know, there really is. People spend a lot of money breeding horses, training, mm-hmm. um, you know, even at the basic level, people are putting their heart and soul into what they're doing and they're going down the road and spending money and, and to be able to, um, you know, a judge always drives the industry either in a good or bad way. And, uh, I want to be able to want to be one of those people that's driving it in a, in a good way. And, I am very service oriented. So when you're judging, you're serving the industry, you're sure not doing it to make, make a lot of money. So, um, it's, um, you're, you're giving. I I love that. I I love that so much. I love that heart for sure. And, and, uh, it's, it's so good, you know, when you're in the arena and you're trying to do the right thing to have that judge, that is a giving judge that wants the best for the rider and the horse, you know, and as a judge, you're always a good judge is always trying to see it with clear eyes. And, um, I've been fortunate enough to be around great um, judge monitors 
and judges like like my dad. There's so many great judges that have become friends and in monitors. Bill Link, him and I have become really good friends, and and he has been he's like a, a life coach. Um, and you know, you're always just trying to see it with clear eyes, and you're you're always trying to get it better. And everybody makes mistakes. Good judges make less mistakes, but everybody makes mistakes, and and it keeps you humble and it keeps you human for sure. <laughs> Horses have a great way of keeping you humble, whether you're judging them or riding them or oh showing them. Goodness, absolutely, <laughs> they do. Absolutely, that's what I love about them. You know, yeah, um, they do keep you humble. Um, so let's talk. So, how did you uh, join up with the National Riding Horse Association? Well, of course, I was an approved judge, so I had been, I was a judge, a reigning horse judge for ten years. Um, and um, this the position uh, came open and, and they uh, approached me about, you know, looking into it. And uh, I'd been at uh, AQHA for 11 years and did a lot of great things at AQHA. My first task when I went there was to implement the leveling program. I was part of a task force called the Blue Ribbon Task Force. And uh, they brought me in as staff to try to, to implement that. So I worked with the Blue Ribbon Task Force and we took the um, competition model as it was and threw it up in the air and started all over again. And uh, that was, uh, that, that would, my grit paid off there because people do not like change and, no. and it's been just the best thing. You know, every um, sport has a leveling type of system. We just had to figure out what was going to be the best for, for AQHA. And, and it has leveled the playing field. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a director from the Ohio Quarter Horse Association this week, and they're going to start splitting out their level two classes um, at the, the Congress. And I know that, that that model works. If you give people a place where they feel comfortable competing, they're going to come and compete. They don't have to feel like they're going to win, but they have to feel like they're they're not going to be embarrassed and they have a place to show. And, um, you know, so I, we implemented with the task force, the, the leveling program, um, implemented the level one championship shows. Um, they're so successful bringing people into, uh, you know, a, in associations like a pyramid and you've got to have your base of people. Um, that, um, you know, to build, to lift up the, the, the industry. And so, um, that was, it was great. I had the opportunity to be involved with the the pros, um, and then the stewards and, and to gain that animal welfare piece ties back to my family and my upbringing and uh, the, the welfare of the, of the horse. So the, um, you know, I feel like my time at AQHA groomed me for my time, my transition to NRHA. And I crave, um, you know, good leadership. And um, Gary Carpenter, I've been, you know, involved with Gary um, on uh, the Animal Welfare Commission um, in different, different, he, he worked at AQHA uh, before I had been there, but we've crossed paths throughout um our, our lifetime and, and him and Mary and his wife are just lovely people. And he is such a great leader. And it was an opportunity to get to uh, work under his, under his leadership. And um, I'm, I'm just, it was, 
it was a God thing. God closed all the, the right doors and opened up the other ones. And I here I am from Ontario to Amarillo and Amarillo to Oklahoma City. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? But you know what? You it have is. fortitude to say yes. You know, yeah, and I think that's such an important part of it is you said yes and, and, and went in faith to do it. Well, and you know, it's a, it's an, an, an opportunity. I miss the, the quarter horse people, but it's uh, there's a lot of crossover and, and um, the, the reigning horse community is just fantastic. And again, the horses are so athletic and NRHA is on fire and it's just so amazing to be um, part of a little part of that industry and have the opportunity to work with the judges committee um, the stewards committee and the, and the pros. And again, just, you know, work alongside of them. We've got great committee members um, on all three committees and it's just, it's an, it's an honor to work alongside of them and, and um, you know, help implement some of their, their, you know, their vision and, and, and some of the things they want to get accomplished. So it's been, I love it. it's, it's such a blessing. I, I've been here a year already and it's just, flowing by just well there's so by. many personalities and so many great people in the reigning world and would you mind just describing what is a reigning horse and how does that work you know because there's people watching listening this really he's never seen a reigning horse sure and i think they're yeah. gonna enjoy this yeah well absolutely and you know um if somebody's never seen a reigning horse a lot of people have seen yellowstone now and taylor sheridan has really um opened up the eyes to a lot of people in in by featuring the the reigning cow horses and the cutters um, on on Yellowstone, um, but it's you know they've got set patterns and um, a horse runs those set patterns and they're judged on their controlled speed and their their finesse and their attitude and their athletic ability. Each pattern is broken down into maneuvers. Mm -hmm. And each maneuver is scored on a um, scale of minus one and a half to plus one and a half. And then there's penalties that, you know, if there's a, um, an error in the pattern, there's a list of penalties that are deducted. The, the score starts at 70 and goes up and up and down from there. But they're just, you know, true athletes. And, you know, those horses go out and they just, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, beautiful. Every, the, the, the breeding, the athleticism, um, they just keep getting better and better. And it's been really fun to be involved in the horse industry, in the reigning, you know, judging 10 years ago and, you know, keeping abreast of it while I was at AQHA, cause we dealt, you know, NRHA was an alliance partner with AQHA mm -hmm. and seeing that progression, but to be able to roll up your sleeves and get into the heart of the the industry and see how far it's come. And the horses are, you know, it's, it, the horsemen are, are amazing. Um, it's just, it's just so much fun. Yeah. I, I love it because there is horsemen, horsewomen, and even the youth division is just so fun to watch, but the horses are progressing so quickly, they you know, are. when they build up the speed and, and then they do the slide stop and the spins are so beautiful. Yes. And you can just see the athleticism, but there's an art to it as well. And once again, we're circling back to art, but there really is when you watch the work together, it's there, beautiful. There is, there's a connection in, in a, in a communication and, you know, those, um, horsemen that, that are at the top of their game know how to connect 
um, with, with their animals. And there's that connection, which just puts them over the top in the, you know, the level four, but like, like everything, there's uh, beginning levels in the reining where you can, you know, ride two handed and you can do simply changes and, you know, you can get the, get the feel of what it's like to ride a reining horse. Um, there's a list of, you know, professionals that, uh, if you go to nrha.com, there's a, a great uh, resource list of professionals that you can search by state or uh, province or country and uh, find a professional near you that will, you know, help you introduce you to the Western lifestyle. Oh, I, I just hope somebody does that, you know, and I'm sure they will just go to the NRHA site website because yes. um, there is so much information and it's so want, fun to watch uh, some of the videos and see the pictures and just see the, the smiles. And, Absolutely. And, and I love the directory too, because it's easy to use and, it is. and you can just scale down to where you are and you can find somebody and see if it's something you want to do. And I'm probably pretty sure most people are going to want to try it. Yeah. And if they go to nrha.com, there's um, a drop down box for the shows and you can look at, at all the shows. There's a link that takes you to that specific show. So it's a, it's a great resource. If you want to see if there's a reigning competition in, you know, in, in the, in the area. Where, where do you see Patty, like uh, some of the newer association members coming from, are they more, um, in the agriculture, maybe in the rural areas, or are you seeing more from the urban areas trying to come out because of the different TV shows and yeah, I, raining? yeah, I think it's, it's, it, there's a, you know, a lot from the, the urban, the agricultural people always be there. Um, mm. and, and I see that that strengthening my daughter is, uh, has her own business now in Ontario and she's starting a 4-H program. And I think she told me she has 25 kids in her 4-H that have signed up. I love and that. I know she's doing such a great job bringing people into the industry. She has got a great lesson program going on. And, and so I see that the, um, you know, the, the Taylor Sheridan and, and Teton Ridge and um, those people that are putting such a spotlight on the Western horse industry is, um, you know, so needed and it's bringing people in. We um, like with NRHA, um, we had a 3% increase in memberships, um, last year. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, we've got, had a 14% increase in events worldwide. Um, you know, awesome. the, the money is increasing. Um, it's, it's, um, uh, just, you know, it's just, a, it's just amazing how the, the industry is exploding and, and it's because it is inclusive. You can do it with your family. You can start at entry level, um, and, and it's, there's, you know, it's fun to watch and, um, I'm going to go to the NRBC this weekend. I think they've got 1600 stalls, um, sold wow. and, uh, they hadn't added a day onto the, the front end of it. And, um, you know, it's just fun to, to watch. It's, it's, a fun it's, so, it's, it's so fun because I, th I think all the technology too is helping, you know, I think the trainers are getting better about sharing uh, on social media and, and, and the associations are sharing on social media and uh, it just helps people see it. And then yes. they want to become a part of it once they see how welcoming it is. And once they go, everybody's friendly, you know, it's competitive for sure, but that makes you better, but they want to help you too. So um, they, they, they really, that. they really, really do. It's uh it's just, it's fun. It's fun to be a student of the game. 
Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the personalities in reining. Uh, maybe, maybe your favorite reining horse you've ever been able to ride and, and or judge and uh, talk about putting on a horse show. And oh uh, yeah. 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 So we're going to try and cover all that in the next segment, but uh, man, we're having a great time and, and uh, thanks for watching and listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. And we'll be right back after this break. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Patty Carter. Patty is a Senior Director of Education and Officials for the National Reining Horse Association and the 2005 Professional Horsewoman of the Year for the American Quarter Horse Association. I just smile saying it. I'm just so proud of you. That's just such a great honor and, and uh, I'm so you. glad you're on the show. Um, so let's talk National Reining Horse Association uh, personalities because that's always fun to see and be around and <laughs> And you know yeah. them so much better than maybe someone that's viewing it on TV or from the stands. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Not, not at all. And, you know, um, I, th I think, you know, the show, if you haven't seen the last, the last cowboy, they've got those segments, which really is a, is a deep dive into those, you know, those background personalities of, of the, the top end riders and their trials and tribulations and their real life struggles. Um, that's uh that's always a fun opportunity and then the other thing is um uh S Scott McCutcheon has a a show on YouTube called The Show and they always have you know great personalities in there and it's just it's very impromptu and it in it uh you know really gives you I love listening to to them because it it you know it gives you a real strong background of course I've always been you know, really good friends with Sean Flarida all the way through. He's helped us at the Youth World Cup. And, um, you know, he's always been a, a mentor. I can call him anytime. He's just, you know, he's a, just a great human being. Of course, you know, growing up on the, the East Coast, um, 
it's, you know, been, he's always been good. And the, you know, Matt Lance and, and, uh, you know, Donnie, Donnie and Ed Bricker hoot, um, just, it, you know, the judges committee we've got, uh, on our judges committee, we have, uh, Bob Kale and he's across from, from, uh, AQHA and Bob Poplin, Craig Schmersall, Doug Allen, Eugenio Latore, who's our chair, and he is the first uh, international chair that NRHA has had for any committee. So wow. he is, he's originally from Italy. We grew up together when I was, I spent, you know, like a lot of time in Italy and, and we grew up together, together in our cause of past the game. Um, Jared LeClaire, Mike Bartman, um, Margaret Fuchs, Matt Lance, Mike McIntyre has been always been a great friend and uh, mentor from California. As a matter of fact, last year when I first started, I flew out and rode with him for a day and we just sat and scored horses. I, you know, did everything I can could to, you know, get myself, you know, back in the game and, and, um, you know, watching the maneuver evaluations and, and, you know, rebuffing up, um, yeah at that, at that top end. So we've got uh, Todd Summers on our judges committee. So we've just got Ollie Griffith. We've got a, just a great, um, so many good people cross section. Yeah. And you know, the, the reigning professionals, um, you know, the judges, the pros and the stewards, they all kind of cross, uh, you know, it's a smaller community, uh, than it is at, at AQHA and, and, um, you know, they're, they're, really getting, I think, comfortable with, with calling me with their concerns and, and um, just, you know, different ideas. And, um, you know, Jared LeClaire, he said, um, you know, let's get together and have a, I'm calling it a jam session at Jared's and we're inviting the professionals from his area in May. And we're just going to bring up 10 runs and we're going to hopefully get a lot of professionals that aren't judges and have them judge 10 runs and look at the spreads from everybody's runs and go back and talk, talk them through it. And, uh, just, you know, different ideas to, to keep the education, keep the education flowing. Um, something else we've just finished. We're in the process of uploading it. Um, we've taken our maneuvers evaluation. And so what we do is we go through and ex we verbally uh, do a voice. We've done a voiceover of each maneuver um, through a minus one and a half to a plus one and a half, and it it's really well done. And you know, this is a zero, and this is why it's not a plus half. If they did this, it would be a plus half. It's for the first time we've verbalized um, that maneuver evaluation tape, and it's it's um, you know, it's a product of just those those you know those personalities and. You know, of course, I'm in awe of Casey Deary and, you know, how he shows his horses. And mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, they're just such great horsemen. So I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to know more of the the industry leaders and the people that are just coming in. I've met some lovely people that are just starting and they're so eager. And and uh, it's just it's great from start to start to stop. Well, I love you saying that so much because I think the education is so important to attract new people, you know, because then they can understand it. And you're breaking it down on such a level that it makes it easy to get into uh, reining horses. And yes. once they're in it, I mean, they're going to be hooked for sure. 
but it makes yeah. it easier. They can understand what's going on. And, uh, but when well, you mention some of those, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, well, and if they know, you know, what a judge is looking for in a plus half maneuver and why that is a plus half maneuver, it ultimately makes the judge's job easier because they're, now they know what a plus half maneuver should look like and they're going to strive for that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it's like Absolutely. Full, full circle. People love to learn. I mean, look at the, the equine affair events. I mean, people are there just, they're like myself. They're just yeah. trying to learn stuff and learn how to do it better. Their craft and their, their, their um, hobby better. Yeah. The horse is always teaching us too. you know, it's just whether we're going to listen and learn. And I love that. You know, every day I learn something from the horse, you know, whether it's the way they treat another horse or whatever, but there's always something to learn. I love the education aspect of it. And I love how serious y'all take that. And I love some of the names because in other sports, which this is a sport, you know, you're talking about the Tom Brady's and the Joe Montana's, the biggest of the biggest helping create something to get new people into the industry. And to compete with them eventually. And I think yes. that's such a giving nature from, from well, some of the top riders. You know, it really is. And, and Andrea Papani, he has, you know, his podcast along for the ride and the people that he has on there, he's just done such a great job and he's, you know, he's a $7 million rider and, yeah. um, and you, you can appreciate how much effort it takes to put a podcast on. And, and um, you know, he, there's another top industry leader bringing all these different concepts into the, into the reigning world. And, uh, you know, just kudos to him and his family and, and the legacy that he's, you know, he's leaving behind and building. And of course, you know, the McQuays, they're so much they're they're, you know, that that's just NRHA and McQuays. I mean, that's just, that just goes together. (laughs) It it does, you know, but that relationship with everybody you mentioned, it's it's setting it for the next generation. It's setting it for people inside the urban area that wants to have a part of this. And uh, yes, that that's, what's so great. And uh, yeah, I I just thoroughly enjoy it. I listen to those podcasts, you know, and I'm always trying to um, not just so much get better, but I love hearing the stories. And I love hearing yes. the education part and, 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 uh, I appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about you. What was it like riding your first reigning horse, like your top tier reigning horse, or maybe judging your first clinic when you're in that elite level? Well, so my first reigning horse that I had, I trained myself. We had a three-year-old fraternity, um, and, um, you had to, you know, be the top three-year-old in the three-year-old events placing, um, all the way across. So it was, you know, confirmation. It was the, um, hunter under saddle. It was the raining. It was the Western pleasure. So again, a true American quarter horse can, you know, do it all really mm-hmm. well. And I had a, you know, a talented individual. And so I won my first reigning buckle on a three-year-old on, on him that, that, uh, I had trained and we won the saddle and, so, you know, so that was fun. And I've just, you know, messed around. I, I had the opportunity to ride with Al Dunning um, a little bit. And now I'm um, being here in Oklahoma City. Todd, who is, again, one of my heroes. Uh, my heroes have always been cowboys and cowgirls. I will tell yeah, you that. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and uh, so I've been able to, you know, ride with him. And, you know, you turn around and you stop and you think you're going to throw up and you go, oh, okay, that was probably a, you know, plus half. Maybe it was a plus one. <laughs> and working with those, their, their kids on stopping and, and um, you know, just being exposed to that has been, has been really great. I'm 
are forever grateful for Todd Crawford for everything he brings to the industry. And mm-hmm. um, I tell him all the time, I said, you know, when, when you ride one of Todd's horses, they're so good in their faces and they've got a beautiful mouse. And just knowing uh, the effort it takes to, and the thoughtfulness it takes in training a horse to have them, you know, soft in their mouths is um, just something I just admire him. He's such a, he's such an amazing horseman. So, oh, I love that. I love that. And, you yeah. know, an important part of the industry, the whole industry, and also the reigning is putting on horse shows. And that's one more thing yeah. you've done very well. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, if you go to a bad horse show, there's not, it's so bad because it's you, your horse, your money, it's everything. But yeah. a good horse show, there's nothing better to go to. Would you yeah. explain kind of the tips to help somebody watching this or listening how to put on a good horse show? Well, it's all about customer service. It's about when you drive into the to the gates at the horse show and somebody greeting you and, you know, if you've never been there before telling you which direction to go. Um, I think another key piece is if you've got stalls in your stalling situation, probably stalling horses is the worst job of putting on a horse show. Those people are... Um, you know, you're having to put a piece of the pieces of the puzzle together and people don't show up and they change their number count and you're just always trying to juggle it. So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, getting into the gate, being happy with where your stalls are, friendly staff, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are all key, key pieces. If something goes wrong, doing something for the exhibitor and, um, you know, having people sponsor donuts and bagels and coffee in the morning. Um, you know, just those customer service things. Um, your, your two people that are going to run your horse show, the smoothest is your announcer and your gate person, and they've got to be working together. And then another part of that is, you know, a judge and we, we teach our judges, they're part of the show management team and, make their job easier and, and help them out. Um, it's, it, you know, doing what you can and, and really, you know, being organized. Um, I, I did an online degree. Um, so that's one of the things I, I didn't go to school because, uh, I got sucked into the horse business. So I, I got my associate's degree, um, online, uh, kind of during before COVID and kind of during through COVID and, and, uh, I t- took um, event management and, you know, it's about just being, being organized and having a good team, knowing, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are and bringing people into your team that are strong, taking care of the people. Um, I'm, you know, big proponent of that. If you, you got to, you know, take care of the people that are coming in and, you know, working so hard for you. So it's uh that. There's a, there's a lot to putting on a horse show and God bless the people that do, because there's actually people that, you know, I, I like putting on horse shows, but I know that there's probably people that don't, I would not be good in the secretary office. And there's people that love that and God bless them. Absolutely. (laughs) Everybody has a role, you know, and it's finding the right person for the right role. It's amazing. It's amazing how that is in, in, in life and to be able to, there's another way to get involved in the horse industry by being a ring steward or scribing or being a gate person. And, you know, Denny Hales, who ran the Quarter Horse Congress, uh, he was the executive director of the, the Congress till he died. 
I mean, he started by opening and closing gates. And by the time he got to where he was, he had done every job of every person there. And that's what made him so phenomenal is being able to, you know, do every part and, and understand every part. I love that so much. I appreciate that. I'm so glad you said that because in any business, you know, if you understand everybody's job, you're going to be able yeah. to do your job more efficiently because there's a, there's a little bit of grace you're sharing with other people. And, and, well, and it, it's so important to take care of the people around you and be, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be, uh, you, you know, the more leadership that you're given, the more people you have to take care of. And, um, and yeah. it's, um, you know, you're in charge of that. And so there's a bigger responsibility and, um, it's important to take care of the people that, that work so hard for you. Yeah. I love that. And even at your level, you're taking classes to get better. You know, I think that's so important. I think that's important for people to see and, and uh, to follow, yeah. you know, you, you've got to keep learning. And, um, you know, when you get a, you know, when you get a judge's card, that's just the beginning. I mean, then, you know, that is just the beginning of your learning curve. And, you know, the more you ride horses, the more you realize you don't know. And it's, you know, like opening up the Bible. Every time you open up the Bible, it's a new adventure. I mean, he was like, I didn't know that was there. And, yeah. you know, so it's, put that there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be, I'm, you know, I want to be a student of the game and in everything I do and in life. And I think that's, that, that keeps you fresh and, and uh, keeps you open to be innovative. Absolutely. Well, I can't believe our time has come to a close. This has been such a fun show. And, and Betty, I appreciate everything you're doing for the industry and, and the thank education you. part for sure. You know, bringing in new people is so important. And, and thank you for that. And, and thanks for uh, taking time to be on our show. And if you're watching or listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, we really appreciate you. And please share it and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cowboy Entrepreneur. And Patty, thanks again. Thanks, Scott. Right, right back at you, Scott. It's been a pleasure and just been so much fun to share a little bit of my journey. I love it. Thank you very much. And thank you all for watching the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com.